and welcome to the FWC Podcast. The message you're about to hear was preached on Sunday, August 16th, 2020 by lead pastor David Damiani at Family Worship Center in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. If you're interested in learning more about the church or seeing our upcoming events, you can visit the church website at www.familyworshipcenter.org. But for now, we'll just get right into the message. Good morning. How many want some more worship? We, we have some more teed up for you. Thank you, Hannah. Hannah says she wants some preaching too, but we have some more teed up for you. So this is just a little appetizer here before some more. But great to see you all. It's a privilege, blessing. God's favor is on us, and we and we know it. We feel it, right? Amen. I just want to. I just want to add to um, the prayer time, but just uh, to to settle our hearts and and hear from the Lord. I just want to. Acknowledge His presence. Thank you, Father, for Your Son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that You sent Your Holy Spirit to be with us, in us. Lord, thank You for Your empowerment, Your protection, Your favor. Lord, thank You for being with us, sustaining us, providing. Lord, we acknowledge that. We give You thanks. It's all about you, the whole reason we're here is because of you. So Father, I just pray we open our hearts, I pray our hearts have been open for months, years, weeks, whatever the case may be, that we have been open. Anyone that's struggling to to trust you, Lord, I pray they sense safety, that it's safe to trust you, that you are the answer for the world. So Lord, I pray, help us grow stronger, but help us grow with wisdom. We could understand the the days, we could discern the days that we live in, We, we could be aware in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, there's a lot of comparisons happening to different times in history. And, and the sad part of human nature is when you're in the middle of it, everybody knows hindsight, right, is 20-20. When you get through something, you're like, oh, yeah, that's what that was. Oh, of course, you know, or oh, no, what did we do? But um, we are in the middle of some stuff, and I just pray that we are not of the people, we are not repeating history, that when we get through what we're going through, that we realize we weren't aware of, of what was happening around us. Um, when you're living in it, it's normal. Unfortunately, children of abuse 
when they grow up, they're, they're born into an abusive family, they think it's normal. And when we've incrementally seen things happening in society, in our world, even in, in the church, in Christianity, it's so slow, it becomes normal. That's why sometimes you have to disconnect. And there's a, a challenge on, in, in my heart for myself to disconnect in the most extreme way you can do. Fasting. It's extreme. Fasting, because it's like what in the world is more normal than food, right? It's breathing and food. Um, so when we disconnect and we fast, it's like I'm serious, you know, I, I, I got I, I to hear, I got to know what's up. So I would challenge you, there's people that fast a lot of different things. Um, some people, social media and, and different things, fast ter- certain types of food. But if you fast a little bit total food, something happens, your body gets uh, wigged out, but your spirit gets like, and you're, you're like, those receptors get really large. And I would challenge you, especially because our, our format or our style a little bit is, is people share, um, sometimes in, in service, but Wednesday nights, last Wednesday, you missed another really good one. I told you last Sunday that there was going to be a testimony Wednesday, and if you wanted to hear it, come, turned into, I don't know, a dozen testimonies from people that were just so uplifting, powerful hear what's going on in people's lives. It was such an encouragement. Um, so again, little blurb. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of things going on, but if you can come out Wednesday, it's a time where we can share, and it's a time where the body of Christ can share with their brothers and sisters what's happening, what they're hearing. And we need to hear from each other. We need to strengthen each other, encourage each other. That's scripture. That's Bible, um, how this is supposed to work is the body encourages each other. And there's tremendous formats available. I didn't mean to give a commercial for technology, but um, a few people have been connected. There's an app called Marco Polo. It's pretty cool because it's video. It's like a video text. You, you video yourself talking to your friend. And um, so you get the facial expression, you get the inflection and tone. And if you got a core group of people that, are, that you're close to, a handful of people that you can encourage, and hey, you know, good morning, this is what I think the Lord's saying, um, we need to encourage each other more than we're doing. We need to be hearing from the Lord and then sharing with, with your circle. Jesus had a close group of a dozen men that he shared with. And there was, you know, the 70, and there was more that he ministered to, but he had a, that core group that, that he connected with, that he was tight with, that he poured into. And I would just challenge you, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, it's time the Lord would challenge you. It's time to step up your discipleship game. Disciple someone. Disciple a few someones. All that means is share your walk with them. Share what you've learned. You know, become a little tighter with each other. And we can do that 
if it was a normal August, maybe we, we would be kicking off small groups, you know, in, in September, but it's not a normal August. It's like, uh, you know, you're not allowed to congregate and people are really nervous. Um, not, not a lot of people want to get together. We talked about having some food at the gym for Labor Day at 9 o'clock. We used to do that at Sunday school hour on holidays, but we were like, what do we do? Should we do that? You know, everybody getting food off of, off a banquet table, you know, whatever. It's just, you got to think about all these things these days. Well, you're not going to transmit anything when you're encouraging someone, um, a group of people through your phone, stay connected. It's been helping me a lot. I have a a handful of, of people that I've been sharing with and they've been sharing with me. It's an encouragement. It really is. It's just a free uh, little blurb, but I'm, I'm feeling we got to connect and we have opportunity right now in, in a multiple, multiple ways to do that. So find a handful of people that you can pour into and that can pour into you. Hear what the Lord's saying. Disconnect a little bit from whatever to hear more clearly. Um, I mean, I'll take a quick poll. Do you think we're living in days that are a little unusual? Anybody? <laughs> Raise your hand. Y'all, you do, right? So we got to be aware. It's like unusual. And I'm, I'm not picking A, B, C side or whatever. It's just weird. Um, we got to hear clearly what the, what the Lord's saying. And uh, with that in mind, there's a, there's a scripture I just want to share out of, out of John chapter 5, just, just to roll, get rolling, just to kick things off here. John chapter 5, verse 39. Interesting scripture. Um, I've meditated on this scripture. When I say meditate on, I mean I have it in my mind and heart, and then I say, Holy Spirit, bring light to this. What is this all about? There might be scriptures in, in your life that you chew on, or you, uh, like a cow chewing its cud, you know, you keep chewing on it, and this one has been in my heart for years because the people that wanted to stop Jesus, as you know, there were, there were hundreds of people, thousands of people literally thousands of people that would flock around him and wanted to hear him so much so that one day they were, you know, too far from Wawa, so, and it got late and hung, and they were hungry. So he multiplied food for them. That happened a couple times. But there was thousands of people that wanted to hear what he had to say. But there was also a large contingency of people that wanted to kill him. I hated what he was saying, hated what he was doing, hated what he was all about. And when I say hated, you know, when you hate intensely, it it creates in your heart the ability to commit murder. Hatred leads to, hatred is murder in in your heart. Jesus said, if you you hate, you've committed murder. I mean, you just despise someone to that level. You can't stand them. And, And you couldn't care, you could care less. You couldn't care. You could not care less. There was no way possible that you could care less, whether they were on this planet or not. It didn't matter to you. And there was a group of people that felt that way about Jesus. And this has been um, 
kind of a, a theme for me to understand what this new covenant was all about, what this new revelation that Jesus came, what he came and what, what apple cart did he upset and what group was drawn to him, what people hated him and despised him <clears throat> to the point of eventually death and what group was drawn to him. And this, this verse here in John <clears throat> chapter 5, excuse me a minute, the water guy. Anybody need water? <clears throat> There's a couple cases in my office right out here if you need one. Next to the chair. <clears throat> this scripture, John 5.39. Jesus said, you search the scriptures. What does that mean? Holy Spirit, what are you saying? There are people that study the Bible for a purpose and a reason that's not spiritual. A purpose and a reason that's not pure. Their motives are not pure. And, and Jesus said, you, you, who is the you? Remember, there's two groups. You search the Scriptures. Because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these, the Scriptures, that testify about me. And you, who's the you? You that search the Scriptures. And you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. You search the Scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life, but it's these very Scriptures that testify about me. And you don't see it. These scriptures testify about who the Messiah was, what he, was, what was, he would be like, what was going to happen, what he would do, what people would do. The whole scenario was in scripture, prophesied. And he's saying, you search the prophecies about the Messiah. And you think, because you have the Bible memorized, you think because you grew up in church, you think because you attend church regularly, that you have eternal life. You think because you know when to sit and when to stand and what phrases to speak. Now this, this is not a spanking. This is not a spanking. This is a um, unveiling a little bit, pull the curtain back, what's behind it and what's behind the hearts of men we need to see what's in, in our own hearts because this is a life and death game we're in. This is life and death. This isn't like, you know, do the best you can and someday we all go to heaven. This is life and death. This is heaven and hell. This is eternal. So we need to understand the motivation of our heart. And there's a lot of, a group of people, a type of people that feel everything's good because they search and know and study and memorize the Bible. And yet they're unwilling to come to Jesus to have life. What does that mean? 
You know, I, I, what do you mean? I prayed when I was a little kid. I prayed to accept Jesus in my heart. I understand. But have you come to him to receive life? Do you know what he's like? Do you really know him? There was songs written back in my day. Would I know you now? Was it was was a good one? If you ever, if you remember that song, would, would I know you now? If you walked into the room, if you stilled the crowd, if your light dispelled the gloom, would I worship you? Fall on my face. I wonder. Would I know you, or have the images I painted so distorted who you are that even if the world could see you, they couldn't see you, the real you. So, who is Jesus? What's he like? Would we recognize him if he stood in this room? Or have we searched the scriptures and think we understand and think we know? Think we know what it's all about? Feel confident in our, in our Bible doctrine or our knowledge? Feel confident that we are doing the right things? But when there's a real representation of Jesus manifest when he's standing right before you and you don't recognize him. That's one of the dangers that we're in right now. That's one of the things that coronavirus, COVID-19, in these five months that we've been shut down, it's one of the things that are happening is it's becoming really distinct and clear who was going to church for the ceremony or the, the, the um, socializing of it, the showing up, and who was going to church because they receive life from the body because they're connected. And that's not who's here and not here. I'm not talking about anybody that can't come right now because of of uh, their own health. I'm talking about people that don't care that they're not here. If, if you're at home right now and you wish so bad you could be here, but you can't because of health or whatever reason, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about the 40% I heard recently that 40% of people polled said they would never return to church after this. 40%. I'm talking about people that realized, wow, man, there's a lot of hours in a Sunday, and I can mow my grass twice, you know, or whatever. People that said, um, wow, fishing's really fun on a Sunday, or, or whatever, whatever the case may be. People that, it, it didn't cause a loss. Five months of no church didn't cause a loss in them. They don't feel, they didn't feel the pain of not being able to gather. And that's a sad place we're at because they are people that know the Bible and they could quote scripture to you and, and they could tell you a whole bunch of stuff. But do they know? Jesus, are they willing to come to him? Are they willing to come to the body? We're the body of Christ together. 
as this thing starts to get more strange, we're going to need each other more and more. And I mean, when I say each other, I'm talking about real born-again Christians, real Christians that, are, that have been crucified with Christ, real Christians that the Holy Spirit lives in, real believers that are willing to go to, through, whatever it takes. To, they're not going to deny their faith. They're not going to walk away. And they, and they desperately want to be connected to the body of Christ. We need, we need to be together more than ever. And if, if I say that too often, um, I, keep, I want to keep uh, in the forefront of our mind for maybe somebody that's, yeah, I don't know. This is good enough. You know, I, I tune in once in a while or while I'm driving to work, I listen you're not connected to the body. Would you know him? Do you miss him? He, he's in the body. So, what is Jesus like? What is the image you've painted? What is he really like? Who are the, who's the group that would follow him, ran? He went across the lake, and they ran, the sea. <laughs> they ran around to meet him on the other side because they couldn't bear to be separated from him. And who were the ones that just stood there saying, eh, I'll catch him when he comes back, if he comes back. You know, who were these groups? And why do I use, why do I use a word that begins with an R? Why do I use the R word a lot? Because the group that couldn't get enough of him were the broken and the lost and the hurting and the hungry and those that knew they needed a savior and then this group that eventually killed him the r word is religious they were the pharisees they were the ones that knew they knew they knew the the word they knew the bible and they thought they were fine because they had a pedigree they grew up in in going to synagogue and they were just religious. And this, this revelation that's coming is, we used to always talk about it, religious, religion and relationship. But more than ever, there's religious people, and then there's people that can't, cannot um, abide a separation of relationship with the Lord and the body of Christ that are in relationship with the Lord and His body. And they're not here for um, information. They're not here for their ears to be tickled. They're not here for to be entertained. They're here to, to absorb. Doggone it, I think I'm going to mention Mia again. I can't help myself. Mia's my granddaughter. I used to do this when Nicholas was little. Well, even still I do it. When I hug Nicholas... I said I, I would say to him, I'd hug Nicholas, and I'd say, you know what I'm getting? And he would say, power and love. Because when I hug him, I say, oh, I, I'm getting power and energy out of you, and I'm getting love out of you. You know, I could feel it. And when I hold Nicol- uh, Mia, you know, there's, there's a piece about a little baby, a little toddler. I mean, they're so innocent. There's such a peace um, that you feel when you 
hold a grandchild or hold your child or hug. You hug somebody that you love so much and you hug somebody that loves you so much. Right? Is that true? You feel that, right? Well, Lord, help us in Jesus' name to be the body of Christ that hugs each other and loves each other and we feel energy and power and love and peace from each other that, we, that we're the body of Christ. This is how, Jesus said, this is how the world will know that you're my disciple, that you're my child, that you're part of me, you're connected to me. How? This is how, by, by the scripture you've memorized. Huh? What? No, John, you search the scriptures and that's how the world will know you're my disciple because you have information. This is how they'll know because you wear the right clothes, sit in the right place, and act the right way when you come to church. No, this is how you'll know you're my disciple. When they see, when the world sees, how much love you have for Jesus. <laughs> I'm getting close, right? The world will know you, you are Jesus' disciple when they see how much you love Him. Boy, that would be good. That'd be fine, because like, I love Jesus, but boy, I don't like you guys that much. Right? Not me, I'm saying... Christians, you know, church would be awesome if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> Did you ever hear people say that kind of stuff? You know, the world will know you're my disciple when they see how much love you have for each other. What do they see on Facebook right now? How much one group of Christians doesn't like the other group of Christians. How, you know, one group of Christians is rebuking continually another group of Christians, and et cetera, and whatever the case may be. Um, wow, sad, very sad, you know. You could come to this church and decide, you know, I don't like this style, I don't like whatever, I don't, blah, 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 you know, and you go to your friends and talk about how much you don't like it, and the world will see that you're not very spiritual. The world will see that you don't really know Jesus when you're ripping on each other. The world will see that you have a form of godliness. The world will see that you search the Scriptures and you think you have eternal life, but you're not coming to Him. Because when you come to Him, He fills you like Mia fills me. Like I can't wait till service is over so I can pick her up. Like in, in, in two hours from now, I'm going to pick her up. I did it again. Haney, I did it again. I'm going to pick her up and I'm going to hold her like this. And I'm going to feel all kinds of good things. Right? So, we gather together. We love each other. We sing, we, we're singing a little bit here ago about amazing grace. This is amazing grace. When you have experienced grace and forgiveness, and I came out of that, my, my shame, my guilt was burying me. I couldn't live. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. 
I hated what I became. I hated what I did. I hated how I felt. I hated to feel the shame. You know, and then grace came, and he, and he forgave me, and he took my sin, and we sang another song, you know, he nailed it to the cross. I bear it no more. When you remember that and you walk in that, you can't help but love people. But when you become religious and you forget where you came from and you think you've arrived and you think you got it together and you think, you know, you're really something, you look down your nose, you know, that's just body language. Who do you think you are? Hmm. Oh, I see. Uh Uh-huh. You said what? Hmm. You know, you look down your nose at people, you forget where you came from. You forget that it was His amazing grace and His mercy that saved us. When we walk in that humility, there's nothing harder to tolerate than an entitled spirit when people walk in entitlement. I deserve it. I earned it. You should give it to me. Especially when they've been down some nasty roads. But then they're like, yeah, you know, the spirit of entitlement that's on our nation, it's, it's repulsive. But it happens in Christianity too. We, of course God loves me. Look at me. Of course God loves me. Look at how much knowledge I have. Of course God loves me. Look how whatever. No, He loves you because He loves you. And He loved you in spite of what you had done and who you were, and He forgave you. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget it. Become awesome in the kingdom. Become awesome in the kingdom, but don't think about yourself as awesome. Become a giant killer, but don't think about yourself as a giant killer. Just think of yourself as a servant of the Lord. So, who is Jesus? What did he do? What did he say? What are some of the things he said? Um, Concluding today, our summer series on Matthew chapter 10 and verse 34. Who is Jesus? What did he do? What did he say? You have a group of people that would tell you, you're not very nice and you don't have love. Because you speak truth. Speak the truth in love, but when you speak the truth, there's going to be a lot of people that will tell you, you're not nice. Who do you think you are? Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 says, don't judge. Everybody has that scripture memorized, right? Don't judge. But who is Jesus? Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. Intense scripture chewed on, meditated on, can't believe it's in here. Why is this verse here? Perhaps you think, Jesus said, perhaps you think I've come to spread peace and calm over the earth. But my coming will bring conflict and division, not peace. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to 
be, walk in peace. That doesn't mean that, okay? He didn't come to spread peace and calm over the, over the earth. You know, just, just get on board with it, what's happening. We're trying to bring peace and calm and love. You know, join this group. That's not the way to peace and joy and love is join a gr- this group or go be part of whatever group. The only peace and calm and love you'll ever experience is in the kingdom as a believer. The kingdom on earth right here. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Outside of that kingdom, there is tolerance until you cross them. There is until you disagree with them. There is acceptance until you're not exactly like them. That's the world. You won't find peace there. You won't find calm. But Jesus said, I didn't come for that because I didn't, I, uh, over the earth, my coming will bring conflict and division, not peace. My conflict, my coming will bring division. Why? 35. Jesus said, because of me. So who is Jesus? You search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. I'm standing right before you. I'm talking right to you. But you can't see me. You can't hear me. You don't know it's me. And you nailed me to a cross because I wasn't what you thought I was. I wasn't what you thought I was. Because of me, a son will turn against his father. Again, what does it cost you? And again, this is preparation, right? We walk in love. No matter what, we walk in love. His Spirit's in us. But this is preparation for what is happening. This is preparation and explanation, okay? Prepare your heart, and this explains what's going on right now in your life. Because of me, a son will turn against his father. Especially if that father is... Um, in a category that is, is a hated category right now of, of people on the planet. You don't get it. You're old. You're religious. They'll say you're religious. You know, oh, you, you, you know God, Jesus stuff. Not, they won't say, you know, um, morals, ethics. You know, you don't understand. You don't know what it's like or whatever they may say and more. And I could be more descriptive, but I'm trying not to be because I don't want to turn it to I want to speak a little, little bit in parable and not crystal clear. But because of me, a son will turn against his father. A daughter against her mother and against her mother-in-law. With, this is Jesus' words. Within your own families, you will find enemies. We don't want enemies. I'm not looking for enemies, right? People are not my enemy. It's not talking about, hey, as a Christian, make these people your enemy. No, Jesus is saying, because you're with me, because you know who I am, because you're not religious, because you have relationship with me, because your heart is open, because the love of Jesus is in you, because the power of the Holy Spirit is upon you, because the Holy Spirit is flowing through you. Because of that... And because you stand for morality, because you stand for truth, because you stand for justice, because you stand for God's ways, people will become your enemy. John 15, 
just to jump over there real quick, John 15, 18 says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. So here's the thing. Here's a, here's a word, capitulate. <laughs> okay? How much can you capitulate to the world where, the, where they will love you and accept you? How far do you, do you have to go or how far could you try to go that the world would say, oh, okay, you're a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, but we accept you, you know? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're not going to be like, yeah, you're, you're, you're one of us. <laughs> because you're never going to be one of them. You're never, never going to be part of the world. My, I went, my siblings and myself, we went through public school. Souderton School District. I love Souderton. My, my son's there. It's a great school district. I did not have intimate, bosom, best friends in school because I could never be one of them. I was a Christian, and I could never be, you know, I played football. I ran track. I was a cheerleader. Just kidding. <laughs> Thank you. See you if you're listening. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I played sports and whatever, but my friends were at church because these were, that was my tribe. These were my people. I loved friends at school. I cared about them. You know, I witnessed to them. I prayed for them, but we could never connect because I wasn't one of them and there was no way I could be. It wasn't possible. To be. If the world, if you were of the world, the world would love you because the world loves its own. Because, but because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world. This is John 15, 18, 19 now. I chose you out of the world. Because of this, the world hates you. Why? The world is connected to the demonic. The world is, the ruler of the world is the evil one. And, you know, whether they are Satan worshipers or just religious people, it doesn't matter. If you're part of the world, you're connected to demonic reasoning. You're connected to evil reasoning. If you're part of light in the kingdom of God, the world will never say, you know what, you're right. I should stop this or do that or we should, I should be against this or I shouldn't be promoting this or I shouldn't allow this. The world's never going to go, that's a great idea. You know, you know, hey, the Bible says this. Oh, the Bible says that? That's a great idea. We should all start. The world's never going to say that. They're, 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 you're not going to be, you're not going to be, how could two walk together unless they're in agreement? You're not going to be in a partnership with the world. It's not possible. You're going to love them. You're going to care about them. You're going to reach out to them. But you're never going to be one. If you are one with the world, you're of the world. If you're finding like, gee, I don't really totally fit in. That means you're of the kingdom. And what's the next step? I really don't fit in anymore with my friends. I really don't fit in even with family members. What's the next step? 
Everybody look to the left, to the right, turn around. Did you do that? I didn't watch you. Here's your family. Here are people that love you and care about you. Here are people that have a common goal with you. Here are people that agree with you. Here's people that you can do life with. Here's people that you can connect with. You know, here's people that you can share your heart with. They're your brothers and sisters in the kingdom. I don't like how they look. I don't like who they used to be. I don't like who I used to be. How many like who they used to be before Christ? No way, right? How many are glad you don't have to be ashamed of who you used to be? Because that's not who you are anymore. Amen? So I heard you did this and that. No, I didn't. Well, I have proof. That wasn't me. <laughs> that was the old me. Amen? That's who I used to be. All right. Because the world hates you, because of this, the world hates you. I chose you out of the world. You're a distinct, peculiar, unusual person. Connected to a kingdom, connected to truth that's not of this world. I chose you out of this world. Jesus said, he doesn't, we're not going to be removed. We don't get translated right to heaven. We're in this world, but we're not of it. I chose you out of it. You're not part of this world system. Remember, this is John 15. I'm still in 1520. Remember the word I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted you, I mean, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. There are days I don't feel good, and I don't mean physically. In my heart, I don't feel good. My heart feels sad and heavy. And it's a bummer. Like, aren't you an overcomer? Yes. <laughs> aren't you a yeah, yeah, yes. But my heart is heavy. Because there's people I love and care about that have completely rejected me. Like totally rejected me. And it makes me sad. And there are days I think to myself, self, there's got to be something wrong with you that they're doing this to you. You know, maybe you should ask your friends, why are people doing this to me? Right? So I do. I go to my friends. Why are people doing this to me? Why is this happening? I don't like it. I don't like it. It makes me sad. It borderline makes me depressed. Like I have a temptation to feel depressed about it. Because broken relationships are painful. Now, if I was a jerk and rude and, you know, I treated them bad or I, whatever, I was gossiping, talking about them, lying about them or whatever, and they're mad at me, okay, they have a reason and let's fix it and I'm sorry and, man, I hope I never do that again. But if it's just because you're living a certain way as a believer and a Christian and you're experiencing rejection, that's part of the territory. 
But that's why we need to encourage each other. Right? So I, I preach at this church. Um, there's this church I go to and I preach there every week. Um, so I'm Troxel Road. So I preach every week. You know, and sometimes people like it. And sometimes, that was a great message. You know, and whatever. There's, there's times. And then there's sometimes people will say, that was a great message. And somebody right here will say, don't let that go to your head. Don't, don't, don't become proud. You know, I'm like, okay, I won't. Um, <laughs> I preach every week. It is awesome to receive encouragement. It's awesome. It doesn't make me feel anything. Like, it makes me go, wow, I think I can get up and do it again. Maybe on Wednesday. <laughs> you know, we're, we're in a battle. We're in a battle. We need to encourage each other. You need to encourage people to your left and right. You need to get their phone number. You need to text them. If you really get brave, you need to Marco Polo them, which I was talking about, okay? We need to encourage each other. It's a bummer to feel the level of rejection that we're feeling on this planet. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're being rude and you're being rejected because you're rude, I can't help you there. But if you're doing everything you can to love people and you care about them and they just hate your guts, it is spiritual. It's because you've made a decision. It's because you drew a line in the sand and said, I can't go there anymore. I'm sorry. You know, I can't. I'm not of that. The Lord freed me. He healed me. He set me free. He delivered me. You know, or etc. Okay. I won't, I'll, I'll, I'll hurry. Oh. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who sent me. Ow! They don't know the one who sent me. They don't know God. And who are the they? Again, they search the scriptures for in them they think they have eternal life. But eternal life is standing right in front of them. And they can't see it. And who is that? Is that, you know, the down and outers lost and hurt in the world? No. The down and outers lost and hurt in the world are the ones that flocked around Jesus. The prostitutes. Prostitutes? Yeah, Jesus said there's prostitutes that will enter the kingdom ahead of you. Now, don't get me wrong. They're not practicing their wares. They, they were prostitutes. They got saved, born again, set free, and entered the kingdom because they saw Jesus and they responded to him. And who was he saying they're going to enter ahead of you or in place of you? Who is he saying it to? The Pharisees, religious people. Religious people that are like, I'm all that. I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. Who are the people that will persecute you? The dude on the street corner is not going to persecute you. I got persecuted one time by a dude on a street corner in North Philly. Um, he broke a beer bottle and he came at me to persecute me. 
But it wasn't because I was a Christian. It was just because his customers couldn't come to him and buy drugs because I was standing there and they were afraid to come. So I wasn't persecuted because I was a Christian. I was persecuted because I was in his way. But we used to witness down in Philly every Saturday night and I had a lot of experiences. Got punched in the face once, etc. It wasn't persecution all the time though. That guy was demented, whatever. Um, but the guy on the street corner, if you care about him and, and talk to him, chances are he's not going to be the one to say whatever. It's the religious people are the nastiest, meanest cusses <laughs> you'll ever encounter. And they, and, they get, and they know Scripture, so they know how to really drive that knife home and twist it. Religious people, not Christians, religious people. All right. Um, 21, all these things they will do because of my namesake, because you name the name of Jesus, you have categorized yourself. Because they don't know the one who sent me. They don't, they don't really know God, because God sent Jesus. And, and the religious people, first of all, he was a baby in a manger. Second of all, he was a carpenter. Third of all, he didn't act all pious. He acted like normal, and they hated it. They're like, the Messiah can't come as a baby, no way. And the Messiah can't be normal. And the Messiah should be better looking than that. <laughs> I want a Messiah that's better looking. They couldn't see him. 22, if, if I had not come and spoken to them, they wouldn't be guilty of their sin. They would, they, they would have no sin. They wouldn't be accountable. But now they have no excuse for their sin because the Messiah and the truth is here. He who hates me hates my father also. There's many paths to God not just Jesus, right? The world will tell you, right? There's many paths to God. We all serve God. We just have a different name for Him. No. If you hate Jesus, or you don't believe Jesus is the Messiah, you hate God, and you can't get to Him. There's only one way. There's only one way to eternal life. That's Jesus. And Jesus said, who's Jesus? What's He like? Would you know Him? If He stood here and said these words to you today, would you recognize him for who he was? If he hates me, he hates my father. 24, if I had not done among them the works which, I, which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well. Verse 25, they have done this to, to fulfill the word that is written in their law, and here is um, a phrase for you to remember. If you're a believer and you feel sad certain days and you say, I don't get it. Why did they do this? They hated me without a cause. They hated me for no reason. If you feel bummed out and you're like, what is going on? That's, what, that's how Jesus felt. He said, I wanted to gather you. Like a hen gathers her chicks. Jerusalem, I want to gather you. You know, like I said, I want, to, I want this embrace. Jesus wanted to gather Israel. 
and, and hug them and love them. I wanted to gather you, protect you. But they rejected him. Miracles were happening. The Holy Spirit was empowering Jesus. The Holy Spirit descended on him when he was baptized like a dove. Empowered him. He was, he was empowered by the, by the life force of God, even though he was hum- had flesh and blood. He was empowered by the life force of God. And miraculous things happened, and they saw them. Miraculous changes happen in a church service. People get saved and delivered and freed and born again. And you sit here and you say, yeah, I don't know, we'll see. You know, and that's so human that even when He manifests in our presence, even when He manifests in worship and He manifests in our, in our services and our gatherings, and we don't recognize it for what it is. And Jesus said, they hated me without a cause. That's super sad. If you're going through that, you know, if you're not going through it, you'd be like, yeah, you know, yeah, people hate me because I'm a believer, you know, yeah. But when you're really a believer and you love people, it's a bummer. It's like, oh, man, you know, this is sad. Why are they rejecting truth? Why are they rejecting Jesus? Why can't they see him? All right, so back to, back to uh, Matthew 10 real quick. Thirty-six, within your own families you'll find enemies. Thirty-seven, how real does this relationship with Jesus get? How real does it get? Like, meaning, how big of a deal is it to say you're a Christian? How big of a deal is it to say, He's my Savior, He's my Lord, I'm going to be with Him in eternity, I live for Him, my life's not my own, I live for Jesus. How big of a deal is it? 37, Jesus said, whoever loves father or mother or son or daughter more than me is not fit to be my disciple. Like, why is that there, Jesus? Why did you have to put this verse in here? What is this supposed to mean? It means if you are serving the Lord, you're pressing in, you're growing, you're wanting more. We sing songs, more love, more power, more of you in my life, things like that. You know, Holy Spirit, use me, empower me, right? You're pressing in, and your own family says, you're a Jesus freak. You're getting weird. That's the cult church, you know, um, I heard that tongues stuff happens at that place. That, that's, that's not good. I don't want you to do that. Or you're changing. You're, you're, I don't recognize you. you, know, you I used to love to hang out with you, but I don't know. What's wrong with you? Or why are you judging me? You know, or whatever. This starts to happen. When that starts to happen in your life, and it will happen. That's why I say look to the left, look to the right, look behind you, look in front of you. These are your brothers and sisters. Because as you grow in the Lord, there are going to be people that put a lot of pressure on you to stop growing. Put a lot of pressure on you that you're getting weird. Put a lot of pressure on you that you're, you're not normal anymore. 
And that's when we have a choice to make. And it's painful choice in, in, to our flesh. It's painful choice to our humanity. Do I love my friends and my family? Am I going to try to fit in with them or, or am I going for what the Lord has for me? Am I going, do I love him more? Do I want to know him more? Do I want to be more like him? I want to be more like Jesus, right? Okay. What does it mean to be more like Jesus? Well, if I was more like Jesus, everybody would love me. If I was more like him, like everywhere I went, they'd hug me. Everywhere I went, they'd probably hand me money. You know, everywhere I went, it's like, hey, you want a new suit? How about some new shoes, you know? If I was just more like Jesus, you know, we think. No, be more like Jesus is more pain. I want a fellowship with his suffering. Philippians 3.10. I want to know him. I want to fellowship with his suffering. Does that sound fun? Yeah! Let's fellowship with the suffering of Jesus. Oh, man. Guess what? He experienced it. You're going to experience it. Like I said, I'm just telling you, preparing you, and showing you why this weird stuff is going on right now and why it feels like it does. And the harder you try to appease people, the more they don't really, still don't want any part of you. They, they reject you. Oh, come on. I'm sorry. Uh, no matter what you do, get on your hands and knees and beg. And they're still going to reject you. They're of the world system. They're of the world system. If you love the praises of men or the acceptance of mankind, if you love your comfort, if you love to stay invisible, like I've shared, I, I, I'm honest and say sometimes I like to be invisible and I'm not noticed. I want to be left alone. I like to think a lot. You know, if I love my comfort and my invisibility, but the Lord's saying, you got to speak, you got to share, you got to testify, you got to press in, you got to grow, you got to pray in the Spirit, you know. And friends, family, puts pressure on me. You know, you, I want to worship. And your family or your friends are going, dude, what are you doing? Or, you know, lady, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm not condemning you, but, I'm not condemning you, but express the love you have for the Lord and don't be, don't back down or be ashamed for people. Jesus said, confess me before men and I'll confess you before my Father. But if you deny me before men, I didn't even really start fasting that much, and I know it's a heavy message. Wait till I start fasting, it's going to get heavier. Thirty-eight. Whoever comes to me must follow in my steps and be willing to share my cross and experience it. This is the TPT, right? I printed it out. This is TPT. Anybody have it? This is right. Yeah. TPT version. If you're wondering, like mine doesn't say that. TPT. The Passion Translation. 
or coronavirus translation because of TP, TP. Um, you got it? It's funny? Oh, okay, thank you. Whoever comes to me must follow in my steps and be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own. Or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. Again, we don't teach this. <laughs> hey, come accept Jesus. I'll forgive you and life's great. We're not really representing him the way he represented himself. And you wonder why there's a falling away. There's, there's two things happening right now in, in, in life. There's a falling away and there's a coming to him happening simultaneously. Right now, they're like in a race. <laughs> you know, who, how many are going to fall away and how many are going to come to him? You know, we're, but there's a falling away happening and there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit happening at the same time. But with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes people start to look at you. What's up with you? Now the lost are like, wow, are you a spiritual person? Yeah, I am. I'm a very spiritual person. I have the Spirit of God lives inside me. How can I help you? And they'll be like, oh, my mom has cancer. Or, you know, this, my uncle has coronavirus. You know, whatever. They're going to tell you and you're going to be like, let me pray. You know, but religious people are going to be like, who do you think you are? Oh, you're better than me now. Oh, okay. Oh, you're so holy. That's religious people. Lost, hurting people are going to be like, I'm drawn to you and I don't know why. Can you help me? Does that make sense? I'm not supposed to ask that question. Does that make sense? <laughs> okay, good. All right. 39. All who seek to live apart from me will lose it all. Those who let go of their lives for my sake and surrender it all to me will discover true life. If you try to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. If you let go of your life and surrender it, you find life. And this is, again, this is a time in, our, in, in, in history. Count the cost. People are doing that. Counting the cost. Surrender it all to Him. Be known as a follower of Jesus that believes in the outpouring and, and power and manifestation of the Holy Spirit and, and all that goes along with that. Let go of your own life and discover true life. Whoever receives me, and whoever, rece uh, whoever receives you, receives me. Whoever receives you, receive, verse 40, receives me. Whoever receives me, receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet, Beck, I got two verses left, so you can start um, preparing yourself to be the finale close and, and to bring all these people to a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ like never before. I'll put that on you. That's your responsibility today. No pressure. <laughs> Who
Whoever receives you receives me. What? Yeah, you represent Jesus. If people are rejecting you, they're rejecting Him. Get used to it. And mostly who? Self-righteous people, even if they're not Christians. They're self-righteous. I don't need that. I'm good. Okay? 41. Whoever receives a prophet, because he is God's messenger, will share a prophet's reward. What does that mean? Prophetic word comes. I have one I'll read you. On Wednesday. I got a prophetic word sent to me, and I'll read it to you on Wednesday. That's not fair. It was awesome. I, I just don't feel like I should read it this morning at this time, but it, it was really good. It really ministered to me. Someone sent it to me, and it really encouraged me. And I'm thankful they sent it to me. And they didn't send it and say, I hope this doesn't make you arrogant and puffed up and prideful. <laughs> they said, I want to encourage you. And if I could be so humble and bold as to say, they said, this reminds me of you. Right, Cora? Cora said it to me. Amen. Thank you. And she said, this reminds me of you. And it's been blessing me ever since. And I sent it all around. It's a prophetic word that someone gave. I don't know who the person was. But it was a prophetic word. And I receive it as a message from God to me and to us. It's a prophetic word. Don't despise prophetic utterance. The Lord wants to speak prophetically to the body. And if you, if you can hear, if you have ears to hear that God is speaking prophetically to the body of Christ, just receiving the reward, I mean, just receiving the word, the prophetic word, brings with it a reward. But a rejection of it, you're rejecting what God wants to say, and you're saying, you, you know, you're not going to get the reward. You're rejecting it. God is sending prophetic words. I could say God is sending prophets to the body of Christ, but that might be like too big of a pill to swallow. So like, oh, prophets, come on. So I'll just say God's sending prophetic words, words from him to the body of Christ. I pray we're hearing them. I pray I'm hearing them. And I pray we're sharing them with each other, what the Lord's saying. And whoever welcomes a good and godly man because he follows me will also share in his reward. Whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of my humble disciples, I promise you, he will not go unrewarded. Whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of my humble disciples, what is Jesus saying? Recognize people among you. Recognize them. Honor their gifts. Honor their calling. Honor them in the body of Christ. Give them a cup of water. Encourage them. A cool drink of water is awesome. And encouragement is like a cool drink of water. Encourage each other in the Lord through this time. 
Stand up with me if you would. In a prayerful attitude, First John 2.15, in a prayerful attitude, the word says, don't love the world or the things of the world. All that is of the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, it's from the world. The world is passing away and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Family Worship Center, it's the last hour. Just as you heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it's the last hour. They went out from us. They were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that they are all not of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. There's Antichrist spirit. There's, there's no more wicked of a spirit than people that have left the body of Christ and turned on the body of Christ and are whiplashing, whipping, shredding. They have a, they have a knowledge of the kingdom and they use that knowledge to purvey the spirit of Antichrist. And they speak against Christ. They speak against the body of Christ. It's a nasty day. So I pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit empowerment. I pray for a fresh baptism of power of your Holy Spirit. I pray for fresh anointing of your Spirit this morning. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the FWC Podcast. As I'm sure you can tell, the spirit was definitely moving in our service. And before we go, I would like to encourage you, if possible, to try and experience one of our services in person. The spirit is definitely moving in our services, and it's exciting to see what God has for us. Anyway, have a great week. May God bless and keep you. Goodbye.